What is good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, and right here, we got requests part 43 and on this episode we have a whole ton of young athletes none of these guys at least i don't believe none of these guys as of right now are upperclassmen we have two that will be upperclassmen next year though but we have a whole bunch of young guys here from all over the country and so let's go ahead and get this thing started and start in temple texas with um and excuse me if i say this name wrong but tarian york he's the 511 215 pound linebacker from temple high school he is going to be a junior so class of 23 so let's go ahead and get into the things that i really like about york here so first things first he is widely considered to be one of the best linebackers in the in the country and in the state of texas for sure he's someone who's been an up-and-comer and and is probably somebody who will get rated here with stars pretty soon here but as of now he does not have any stars i believe despite all of that though he was named the District 12 6A Defensive MVP as a sophomore in 2019, the year before. He was named the District 12 6A Co-Defensive Newcomer of the Year as a freshman. And so this is a guy who has made his mark year by year, has gotten better, and is somebody that, you know, will be known as a tough, smart linebacker on the next level. But let's go ahead and talk about the things that I really like about York here. So number one. I think he has very good speed and athleticism at his size. Uh, he's 5'11", 215. That's perfect to me. I can most definitely live with that uh, with the room to put on a couple more pounds. And so by the time he is a, you know, by the time he's a senior, he could easily be playing at 5'11", 225. That works for me. That's perfect. To be honest, 5'11", 215 works as long as you keep that athleticism. And speaking of athleticism you know his lateral quickness is something that i was very impressed by you know he's somebody who changes directions very smoothly and you know he's very much a sideline to sideline type of linebacker he's a good one to have out there just a good athlete all around definitely a d1 guy athleticism wise i would say the other thing i really like about york is that he is probably one of the more f- fundamental linebackers out there when it comes to tackling you know he just always makes the right moves he's tackling right you know i don't think there's going to be a lot of guys who will be able to get away from him whenever york gets his hands on them so you love to see that you don't have to worry about him in open space he's a very solid tackler and will get the job done Another thing that I really like a lot, and this is probably one of the biggest parts of his brand of football, is his decision making. I think he's a very decisive decision maker. You know, there's some linebackers out there who are a little bit more patient, and that's cool, you know, as long as you make the right play. But with York here, you know, he makes decisions with confidence. He sees the play developing very well, and it's obvious that he has done his research, has done his film work, and is very familiar with what teams will run against him. And so with that being said, you know, uh, he just diagnoses plays very, very fast and has great reaction time there. You love to see that. And just in general, he's a very disciplined football player. There are a number of times they were throwing play action fakes and uh, reverses and all this stuff at York. And, you know, he didn't bite one time. And, you know, it is kind of 
a lot of the film I watched was highlight film, along with a couple, you know, some games here and there. But for the most part, he looks so, he looks like somebody who's very confident out there with his decision making. You don't have to worry about him out there. He's going to make the right decisions. He's not going to overthink it. He's not going to take too long to think it. And, you know, he's going to make the right decisions at a pretty quick time, I would say, and diagnose those plays very well. You know, you have some guys who are good at diagnosing plays pre-snap and all that, and then even after the snap. But, you know, it's kind of a different thing when you have a guy who can diagnose those plays and then react as quickly as possible and snuff out that play. And so you love to see that there. A couple other things before I move on here. Um, love that he uses his hands a lot to get separation from blockers. is very efficient there. There are a lot of linebackers who don't use their hands as well as York here. And, you know, they kind of just throw their body around. But York, he is in a very good habit. Of, use, of using his hands, using his arms, and getting separation, and getting off the blocks, and doing what he has to do there, and so you'll love to see that there. And then in the pass game, you know, he's not somebody who is uh, completely taken out of it, because he is very solid in the pass game. In my opinion, he is extremely disciplined and proven, not only, but he's both of those things in zone coverage and he's a good cover guy at least now i don't see a lot of man-to-man -man here or there but you know it's it's good to see that as a sophomore he's able to cover in zone and take away those reads and routes from the from the quarterback and you know you see that a lot there's one play where you know he plays his zone extremely well doesn't bite on the quarterback rolling out and then finally the quarterback decides to run and York goes ahead and tracks him down and uh, tackles him for a minimal gain and you know that's what you love to see you love to see that discipline um, out of your linebackers because really your linebackers are the ones that are you know, at times, the glue of the entire defense, and they clean up a lot. And so for other teammates and defensive players to succeed, you got to have those guys that are going to do their job and are going to allow those other defensive players to succeed like York does right here. He definitely makes his teammates better in that way. Now let's go ahead and talk about some areas of improvement. Like I said, um, he is an underclassman. Well, not for long. He will be a junior this upcoming year. And so he has about two more years to work on some stuff and get better and earn those offers, which I feel like he will. And it's just a wait and see type of deal. But number one thing that I want to see out of York is that I love to see him pass rush more and have um, pass rushing moves. Now, I feel like he plays a lot of inside linebacker and the other times he is shading outside, it might just be the scheme. And, you know, he's not in charge of his scheme, but just in general, I'd like to know that you could pass rush this guy and he could get, you know, pressure on the quarterback and be a little bit more of an impact on the passing game in that manner. And, you know... I'm not going to lie, that's a little tough to do. He's only 5'11", 215, so it's not like he has the longest arms or anything like that. But I'd like to see the skill there at least so that he could utilize those when needed. Um, another thing, and I kind of mentioned this already, but I'd love to see him in more man-to-man -man opportunities. Like I said, it could just be scheme, and you know that might not be the best move for the team. But you know, I just want to see if he can go man-to-man, -man and if he can match up with some of those skill players like a running back, tight end, um, maybe even slot receiver type. I just want to see because if he can get to that point, you know, he becomes that much more valuable and a guy that, you know, colleges around the country will have a hard time passing on. Then last but not least here, I realize I'm kind of nitpicking with this one, but, you know, turnovers or more turnovers 
are never a bad thing, especially if you're a defensive player. That could only help you. And so I'd love to see him have more turnovers, whether it's interceptions, fumbles, whatever. I'd like to see him be a impact type of player out there. And, you know, it's not a bad thing to be a good, disciplined linebacker and do your job and whatnot, but I'd like to be see him eventually develop into an explosive playmaker that is a problem out there. And whenever he hits the field, you know, teams are scared to play him. Either way, York here is a very good linebacker for Temple High School. I think he's definitely a D1 guy. Now, whether he's uh, Power 5, Group of 5, or FCS, that's yet to see, you know. He could still grow and whatnot. I think maybe his height is something that some coaches are overlooking a little bit, especially, you know, with the effects of COVID and scholarships being limited. They're always going to be looking at... Maybe not always, but they're always going to look at those height and weights a little bit more, kind of to filter out those uh, prospects a little bit more here. But York is somebody that you want to have on your squad. He's a glue guy. He's somebody that could impact a lot of college teams moving forward and will continue to do that for his high school these next two years. Either way, though, you know, he has a lot of good things to build on. I'm very confident in him as a defensive player, as a linebacker, and, you know, he has a lot of really good habits that are a good foundation for any linebacker or defensive player out there. And so, you know, if I'm a coach, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, okay, perfect. You know, the fundamentals are there. The basics are there. We could build on the playmaking and all that stuff a little bit more later, but... Like I said, he does have two more years, so it is a wait-and-see type of situation. And so, best of luck to York out there. Uh, if he wants to come on to the podcast, you are more than welcome to. This is your official invitation, and we love to have you. But either way, we're going to go ahead and move on and go to the state of Illinois to talk about a wide receiver. All right, welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. This is Request Part 43, and we're up north in Illinois talking about someone on the offensive side of the ball in Braylon Meredith. He is the 6'4", 170-pound wide receiver from Whedon Warrenville South High School in Whedon, Illinois. That's kind of a mouthful, but he is class of 23. He will be a junior next year. And so we're going to switch it up. I want I want to talk about the things that I feel like he could improve on first, and then we'll talk about the things that I absolutely love about him because he is yet another guy who will be going into his junior year here soon. So number one, you know, at 6'4", 170, love the 6'4", the 170 definitely shows on film, and that's definitely a little bit of a concern. Um, you know, if you're at a 170 and you're still kind of a stronger dude, and you could hold up and, you know, do what you gotta do, you know, cool, I'll, I'd let it pass, but... The way he was playing out there kind of leads me to believe he may be a little bit less than 170 or he was a little bit less than 170 when he was playing out there. And so what I'd like to see is for him to get stronger and become a little bit more powerful. As of right now, um, he is not a good yards after a catch guy. I feel like he's okay, but putting on some muscle can help him break more tackles. And you don't have to be the fastest guy to break tackles. You just got to be strong and have a good center of gravity there. But I feel like putting on some muscle would really help him out. uh, Help him out be a little bit more of a threat after the catch as well. Rather than just a vertical guy who, you know, catches it. Or, you know, catches a hitch and then they get tackled, right? I'd like to see a little bit more 
more broken tackles, I think this is the route to take. Um, in addition to that, uh, continuing to talk about his strength and all that, did see some clips of him against the press, which is good because there are a lot of receivers who don't include those things. And it's not bad. You know, it, he did a pretty solid job. But if he gets stronger, I think he'll get to the point where he will just be able to throw corners. And, you know, that's something I'd like to see because he is 6'4". He could fill into his frame a little bit more here. And so if he's just a guy that guys, um, that cornerbacks can't, you know, press up front and they got to play off a little bit, that works too. That gives him more room to work with. And so, you know... There's your uh, perks of getting stronger there. And then lastly, if he gets stronger, I'm just going to be honest. I really do feel like it would guarantee a lot more jump balls going his way. A lot of those one-on-one balls will go from 50-50 type of balls to, you know, 70-30 or 80-20 if he gets stronger and he just out-muscles the other guy. In general, I think strength and power and weight uh, will be his best friend moving forward. Like I said, he's not the fastest guy, which is fine, you know, because he's not the slowest guy either. But if you could put on a little bit more muscle, that'll go a long way in him becoming a more all-around threat at wide receiver, you know, at the very least. Um, and then speaking of becoming a more all-around threat, I I wouldn't, you know... Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a little bit more exp explosive, uh, quicker laterally and all that. Like I said, he needs to be more effective after the catch. So one of these things, it's either, you know, laterally uh, being quicker or being more explosive or getting stronger. Got to do one of those things to be more of a threat after the catch or do all of them. That works just as well. And then last but not least here. And, you know, this is, you could probably say this is a little bit more nitpicky here, not even gonna lie. Uh, but he does flash some very good route running, but it could still be improved. Uh, just in general, I'd like to see quicker feet, you know, foot firing speed and all that, and just see him run crisper routes. Uh, he gets a little sloppy sometimes, and his feet aren't exactly like the fastest, and maybe it's because he's a taller guy, and so he's taking longer strides and all that. But I just like to see, uh, you know, quicker feet and crisper routes. So there you go. And then, you know, I, when he's running those routes, I'd like to see him really sell when he drops that weight when running routes and really sell those routes and, you know, sell to the cornerback, sell to the defensive players that, hey, I'm going to break down right here and catch the ball and then go, you know. And so he could do a little bit of a better job just in general running a little bit lower here and there and uh, just running those routes a little bit better. It's the little things that matters. And then last but not least, in my opinion, I felt like he didn't really run uh, widest variety of routes that's not exactly his fault but if he can get to the point where he could run a good variety of routes that works for me all right let's go ahead and get into the fun stuff the things that makes Braylon Meredith um, the type of guy who has the talent to play on the next level so number one he has very good hands can make catches from multiple angles he has shown that all of his film that he can catch through contact and be a jump ball type of player he is somebody that will go up strong for the ball, and he will come down with it. He just does a very good job of positioning himself and just has a very reliable, good hands there. Um, another thing that I really like that kind of contributes to those great catches is that he has very good body control, does a good job of positioning his body so that he could shield the ball from the defenders and make quick or not quick, but make big catches with last-second adjustments and turn around that body, boom, get that catch touchdown or whatever you know and so it just does a very good job of using his body and getting into good uh positioning like i said before 
He's not exactly slow. You know, he has solid speed, and he has shown that he could get separation. So, love to see that. Not afraid to get in there and block. That's something that we see kind of a bit, actually. And, you know, he does a very good job of getting those hands inside and blocking those corners and sealing uh, for those run plays, which is what you love to see. And, you know, getting more powerful and getting stronger only adds to that. In addition, he does have very good footwork, especially on the sidelines. I think that's the thing that kind of separates him from some other receivers. You don't see this every day, but he'll make a number of very nice toe drag catches, you know, getting those feet inbounds. And, you know, that's the little things, you know, that's the little things you got to work on as a 6'4 receiver to further refine your game. And he has it. And so you'll love to see that. And then this is something that I saw a lot out of him as a sophomore and a little bit as a freshman, but, you know, he just does a very very solid job getting that corner on his hip throwing them a fake whether it's a you know a tough step and or a low step or uh, whatever and then it just allows him to get leverage and he just restacks very well when going for deep passes and deep catches and so he has shown going deep he can do a lot and be somebody who could you know like I said get into position and make the catch you know and not force the quarterback to make a crazy throw into tight coverage rather than you know just putting it out in front of him like like he should and so he does a very nice job there and lastly in my opinion he also does a very good job improvising with the quarterback there are a lot of receivers who you know don't do that uh they definitely don't improvise with the quarterback and you know they kind of just stand there or uh, shuffle here and there but you know uh braylon here really does a good job of finding those open spaces you know purposely knowing when um plays are breaking down and getting to spots where you know the quarterback could get a good throw to him and doesn't have to make an insane patrick mahomes type of throw but you know we'll be able to make a solid throw to him and then he will make the rest happen and so you'll love to see that here for somebody who's 6'4", 170, there are a lot of little things that he does very good, which is not an everyday deal at all. Especially taller receivers, bigger receivers, you know, they tend to be more jump ball guys. They don't work on their game as much as uh, it's, you know, obvious that Braylon has here. And so Braylon has a lot of good fundamentals going for him that you like to see. He does a lot of the little things right. And like I said, he does have two more years, so there's going to be a lot more development. He's going to get stronger, faster, all of that great stuff, put up more numbers as the years go on. And so that's the name you got to keep an eye out for because he really is just a couple things away from, you know, putting it all together and being a true star on the high school level and eventually the college level um if i had to project forward i'd say he's most likely an fcs type of guy maybe d2 guy it just depends where his athleticism um you know drops him at i think that's probably the biggest thing holding him back from going d1 um and and higher uh on those d1 levels you know so power five group of five and all that because right now i do think he's an fcs guy and it's because of his athleticism he's not exactly as explosive as a lot of other receivers are out there both in juco and in high school but we'll just have to see best of luck to braylon and we'll be keeping an eye on him moving forward Coming up next, though, we're going to go back to the defensive side of the ball and go to the East Coast in North Carolina. Coming up next.
Okay, welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast right here. We are on the East Coast. We're talking about Ethan Brawley, the 6'1", 260-pound defensive lineman. He was a freshman this last year, so class of 24, from South Rowan High School in China Grove, North Carolina. And so we're going to continue this um, episode and talk about the things that I'd like to see him work on first, some areas of concern because... In all truthfulness, there's uh, not as many as you think there would be for a freshman who started on varsity. But uh, let me go ahead and get it started here, though. Number one, I'd like to continually see him develop athletically. He is a freshman, so he has a long, a very long way to go. So I'm not like, you know, extremely worried about this. I think this is just something that I want to see him work on moving forward and make a purpose of working on and stay on the grind because this could unlock a whole new level. Not even a level. This could unlock a couple levels to his games if he continues to to develop moving forward. Uh, and so those things specifically that I'd like to see him work on athletically and get more athletic uh, is that right now he's not as explosive as he can be, especially at 6'1", 260. There are some guys that I know that are even more explosive at you know 6'2", 220. Shout out to Spencer Hardy uh, over here at Dakota Ridge. And, you know, I'd like to see Ethan Brawley just get stronger, get more explosive. I feel like he could be a very violent defensive lineman if he gains more strength and power um specifically working on that upper body chest shoulders back all that great stuff obviously you know don't skip leg day but i think a lot of your power when it comes to getting that leverage and manhandling guys will come from those muscle groups and so if you could really just get stronger there and work on those areas he could be an extremely violent defensive lineman who you know the sky's the limit at that point if he reaches that athletically so we'll just have to see about that speed quickness wise i'm not afraid of saying this at all and it's fine because he's a lineman but he's slow and i you know that's not a bad thing because he is a lineman he just needs to be fast and explosive in short spaces um but i feel like he could put in a little bit more work here and you know get to the point where you know maybe he's not the fastest lineman out there that's fine you don't need to be the fastest lineman um to be a successful one but if he could get better laterally, um, quickness-wise and all that stuff, I think he'll be in a good spot. You know, be, be able to move a little bit. Don't just get top-heavy and work on strength and power. You got to be able to move a little bit. That's versatility. So that's that's kind of why I'm saying that. A um, couple other things here that I like for him to remember. But, you know, remember to continue to get leverage if you're listening to this, Ethan. Uh, get leverage and be consistent with that. Get low and drive. I think there are a couple of times where he doesn't exactly get into the spot he wants to be in uh, leverage wise and you know he loses it and because he's a bigger dude it's harder for those guys to move him but um, you know when he plays against better talent that's not going to be something that'll be overlooked anymore and so he needs to shore that up and make sure he's getting that leverage on a very consistent basis pretty much every play and then the next step in the dominance of Ethan Brawley. The next thing he could do to become more dominant and become a D1 type of player is uh, for him to start beating those double teams, you know. If he could develop a spin move like a Tyler Onyadim that I broke down a couple weeks ago, I want to say he's going to Iowa State all the way from Texas or an Antoine Bayless from Lake Ridge. He's in Texas as well. Uh, and so if he could develop that spin move and spin out of those tough situations and just beat double teams, I think that 
that'll go a long way because when you become a defensive lineman that all not only mauls blockers one on one, but becomes a guy that you can't block even two on one then we got a problem. And so he has plenty of time moving forward here. I think he has a very good base to work on, but I think this is something that I'd like to see him work on, you know, just beating those double teams. And whether you do it through spins, moves, just getting stronger and powering through those double teams or whatever, I feel like if he can do those things, he could be unstoppable. I think that's his next benchmark here, just in general, you know. It's not very specific. I realize that, but if he can get to the point where he's a problem, um, just blocking in general, and this goes without saying, then he will be a problem on the field and somebody that you'd love to have on your team. And I could see this happening, and let me tell you why. Because number one, I feel like he uses his hands very well, and you love to see it. You know, he just has very fast, aggressive hands. He has a go-to move in his swim move, along with a couple other pass rushing moves as well, which... You know, for a defensive lineman, especially, you know, interior lineman, that's not something you see every day, especially those young ones. You know, those are guys that usually rely on the raw athleticism, but not for Brawley here. He's somebody who, you know, has flashed precisiveness uh, in the way that he pass rushes and block sheds, and you love to see that. You can easily work off of that and continue to work on these other things like becoming more athletic. That's not the hard part. I think the hard part is getting into the rhythm of using these moves and learning these moves and using them in uh, game situations, but that's what that's something that Ethan Brawley did as a freshman already, and then you know, most of the time, like I said, I kind of I kind of dinged him a little bit here, but, you know, a lot of the time, he did a nice job of getting leverage and separation at times and, you know, caused a lot of pressure off the interior. As an interior lineman, uh, pass rushing and all that, he was very good. Now, he, the stats don't show for it. You know, he didn't have like a whole ton of sacks. But, you know, he got a lot of pressure and the pressure was, you know, very imminent because, you know, when you got a dude just bearing down on you right up the middle like Ethan Brawley did, that's a problem because that begins to release edge rushers and blitzers and all that great stuff. And that's not something you see every day. And so for him to get that pressure from the interior is huge from a team aspect, from a team standpoint. And so that's something he does a very good job of. Um, like I said, he is kind of slow, so he's not exactly always going to get that sack. At least as a freshman, he's not going to. But right now, he does a good job getting that pressure. And, you know, he's probably a step or two away from getting those sacks and putting that on his stats. Anyways, moving forward, talking about things that, you know, make him into a very interesting prospect and a good one is, you know, number one, well, I guess no, not number one, but one of the things that is part of his brand of football is that he has good strength, and it has shown throughout all of his film. And, you know, there are times where he starts throwing some linemen around, you know, and there are teams that, hey, you know, they see that and they're like, shoot, we got a double team this dude. And so they do. But the, when he is one-on-one, there are a couple times here where he just throws linemen around, you know, just with an arm or whatever. And, you know, that's just raw power. That's strength. And so you could work with that easily. Easily. So there you go. Um, I have a couple other things here. I mean, you know, he played all over the defensive line. I've said that. Does a good job of filling his gap in the run game. You know, doesn't overcommit. And he's smart about it. And he, you know, takes up blocks if he needs to. So that releases linebackers. So you see that a lot here. And that's good IQ for a freshman. 
And so all around, you got a guy in Ethan Brawley who has some of that athleticism there, who has the skill for sure to be one of the top defensive linemen in the entire country. You know, if he continues to do to develop, get stronger, um, it, specifically if you could get to the 6'1", 280, 300 range, I think he'll be in a perfect spot moving forward, and he's easily a power five type of guy. If he continues to work and continues to progress, um, I think that's a big if there because he is a freshman and we are projecting forward. But either way, best of luck to Ethan Brawley here. I think he's a heck of a player. He's somebody who is already going to fly under radars because he's a lineman. But, you know, if he works on these things, he could definitely take his game to the next level and be a huge problem, be a huge problem moving forward. So we'll just have to see about that. But coming up next, we got our last player, and we're coming back to the great state of Colorado to talk about him. Coming up next. All right, welcome back. We're going to hop right back into it and talk about Gavin Lockett, the 5'11", 150-pound quarterback slash safety from Pueblo, Colorado. He is going to be a freshman next year, so class of 25, and he will be attending Pueblo West. So, real quick, quick shout out to his team, the Pueblo Predators. They've been huge supporters of the podcast. And Gavin actually has been one of our OG supporters since back in December, November, I want to say. And so, this is something that's been a long time coming. We've just been waiting on film. And so, we're delivering on that today. Gavin Lockett is a heck of a player. He's somebody who would have made, you know our list of young quarterbacks in the state of Colorado back when we broke down the film of Brady Vodka, Beckham Kritza, you know, Trent Seaborn, DJ Bordeaux, all those players. Gavin is right there with him with this young group of quarterbacks who will be taking over this state pretty soon here. So, you know, let's go ahead and talk about why he'll be taking over the state pretty soon here at quarterback and probably will end up being a starter for Pueblo West uh, sooner than later, in my opinion. So the thing that really, you know, makes Gavin's brand of football, the thing that kind of defines him, in my opinion, as a quarterback even, is that he's just a very, very natural athlete, you know, um, as a running threat and with a naturally strong arm. DJ Bordeaux is probably the other guy in the state or even that we've broken down that is this young that has this natural athleticism to both throw the ball and run the ball. Now, it's different types of running styles for sure. DJ Bordeaux, in my opinion, is definitely more of a Cam Newton type, like he's going to run over a couple dudes, break some tackles here. Gavin Lockett has speed. You know, he's the type of guy that you got to contain or he's going to rip you for 40 and 50 yard gains on the ground, not even through the air. But, you know, if you don't get him on the ground, he's going to run around and then throw a bomb downfield and he could zip it into tight spaces and throw it deep. You know, arm, pro arm power is not a problem at all for Gavin Lockett here. And so really Gavin could do whatever he wants as as a quarterback because he's one of the best athletes on the field whenever he's playing and I think moving forward that'll you know continue to be the same type of deal you know and you know I think I talked about Cameron Cooper out of Pine Creek 
He's somebody who is in the same class of as Gavin. He, I would say he's a good athlete as well, but I think Gavin's just a little bit faster with a more natural throwing motion there. So uh, I would probably give him a little bit of the edge here. They're both great quarterbacks. I just think Gavin, you know, he's somebody that could really turn it up for this Pueblo West team moving forward. Um Speaking of his brand of football even more here, in my opinion, he has fantastic improv ability. He'll keep a play alive for an annoying amount of time. And so you the longer he's out there running around, the the more worried you should be that he's going to make a great play. On the run, he's an excellent passer. Probably a little bit better when he's, you know, uh, in the pocket and whatnot. But that's not a bad thing. And like I said, he's always a threat to run when he decides to. Now, he's a very disciplined and he doesn't run. You know, he doesn't look to run as much as some other younger quarterbacks do. And so he'll always look to throw and keep his eyes downfield. And so that's where the threat comes in. You got to be, you know, your defense has to be good. And you got to get this kid down before he hurts you because he will. So all of those things said, you know, good habits there. Keeps his eyes downfield, solid accuracy and ball placement. Um, he's not, you know, just a chuck it up there and the receiver could go get it type of guy. He'll actually put it into tight spaces, so you love to see that. And then kind of mentioned this before, but I feel like he just has a very smooth mechanics and a smooth throwing motion. His footwork is impressive as well. Um, a lot cleaner than I thought it would be. You know, usually when you have a guy with a ton of speed and all that, their footwork is a little bit all over the place as a passer. But for Gavin here, I, I like it a lot. You know, you could tell he's put in a lot of work there and I love to see the footwork when he's maneuvering that pocket and, you know, throwing into open space and all that great stuff. So, all together, Gavin Locke is going to be a superstar moving forward. He's a name that you got to know. But let's talk about the things I want to see out of him so that he could continue to grow and do the things that makes him great. Uh, so the thing that kind of stood out to me most just watching this film was that on out routes, I, I just need to see him throw this route uh, more accurately and consistently each time. Um, I think part of the problem is you know, probably timing, it's different with each receiver, I get that, but he just needs to make sure that ball is high and outside consistently, because there are a couple of times he throws it a little short, he floats it, you know, whatever, this is not a route that you want to be inaccurate with, because this is a big pick six route if you're not consistent, even if it's the right read, you know, it could be the right read, but if you don't, you know, throw it right, then it's going to be a turnover, Worst yet, even a score. And so I need to see that consistency there. There are a couple of times he short arms that out route and when he should just be leading that receiver outside and having them extend outside because we, I don't know. Well, we'll just have to see. I'm probably nitpicking there, but that's something that I really need to see out of him. Um, Speaking of reads, he kind of, you know, he there's a lot of one read looks and that could be a lot of things, you know. Um... You know, that could be a lot of things for sure. It could be the receiver just getting opened, him knowing where to go uh, with the ball pre-snap and all that stuff. But i just like to see him continue to develop uh, more as a passer and read those complicated passing patterns and those defensive patterns. And so putting in that film work and not only knowing like, okay, this is the defense they're running, but knowing, okay, these are the weak spots in the defenses. And these are the routes in each play that will expose those uh, weak spots. And so I want to see him continue to get into that mindset and develop uh, IQ-wise.
kind of along those lines as well. Um, I'd like to see him also continue to get to the point where he's moving defenders with those eyes, you know, getting his receivers open by staring down an area of the field and then zipping it in there because I feel like he has the athleticism and the talent to get the ball in there. But sometimes it's just a matter of moving those defenders out of the way with your eyes so that you could get a couple more yards, if not score. So there you go. And then last thing here, I think you could be a little bit more patient when reading defenses and making throws. There are times where I feel like he pulls the trigger a little bit too fast, and that's not a bad thing. De decisiveness is never a bad thing for sure, but I think there are a couple plays where he could have let the play develop a little bit more, move around in the po pocket, shuffle around in the pocket, and then make a great throw. So... There you go. Now, not wait too long to make a throw. If it's over like six or seven seconds, you already waited too long, and you gotta, you gotta either dump it off or take it yourself. So there you go. But altogether, uh, these are just things that I like to see out of mature quarterbacks. These are things that you know we critique. Uh, senior and junior quarterbacks, you know, every day here, especially in Colorado. Colorado is pretty, I would say, pretty notorious at times for not training these quarterbacks upright there were a handful of players that were able to go through reads well and continue or just move defenders with their eyes and so if gavin could do this eventually not like next year or even in the following year but if he could eventually get to that point where he's just masterful and you know it's like clockwork for him i would feel very good about that as a coach um, as his coach, as his high school coach, and then as a college coach eventually. But let's focus on the now. I think Gavin Lockett is an excellent player. He's going to continue to grow and all that. I'm, you know, I'm not concerned about that. But right now, he's a great athlete at quarterback who could, you know, easily be the type who puts up 3,000 to 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards if you play your cards right and if he continues to develop. So. We're just going to see you there, and uh, and yeah. But that'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. Remember, if you want to request a player, make sure you leave their name, what school they're from, position, and then a link to their film. And make it at least two or three minutes so that we could do a good evaluation there. But yeah. And then you could email us or message us on social medias, and you might as well show us love while you're there. So, so there you go. But... Uh, that'll wrap up this episode, and y'all have a great day wherever you're listening to this.